six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. So we don't act like that. Our team doesn't need an introduction, man. Boomer! 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 Hour three, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you. I can't wait to see what the atmosphere is like tonight in the LNC. OU Texas, 6 o'clock. Sooners come in. Now ranked number 11. New polls out yesterday. Moved them back to number 11. 15-3 on the year. 3-2 in the Big 12. Back-to-back home games this week against the Longhorns. And then Saturday afternoon against the Red Raiders. Uh, Rodney Terry says, no horns down. Don't. Don't do horns down tonight, Sooner fans. That Be classy. Be classy. It hurts their feelings, and they don't act like that. So uh, whatever you do tonight, Sooner fans, don't do horns Definitely down. Definitely don't yell, Texas sucks. That don't, is not no. classy. Thank it will you, really CJ. hurt their feelings. Not cla- Did you see Kelvin's bite the other day about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking He's about? He's like, what? <laughs> They started it. I'm pretty sure OU Sucks is in their fight song. TJ, breaking news. Breaking news brought to you by Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. We sell the best and service the rest. We're Wagner's. It's Tuesday morning, TJ. You know what that means. Ooh. Bracketology. Joe Lunardi has dropped his new bracketology moments ago. Uh, I've not looked at it yet. I like to be surprised like you are, TJ. Sooners, if I remember right, were a five seed last time we looked at this. What will they be today? They will move up to a four seed this week. All right. This is an, this is a little primer as to see how TJ's gut's doing today. Top overall seeds, Purdue. First team out is Gonzaga. How about that? Last team in is Oregon. All right, here we go. On the bubble in, on the bubble in, TCU. Kansas State and Cincinnati. They're in. On the bubble out, 
Texas. Ooh, teach. They've made it to the bubble, though. Does Joe Lenardi not know that that will hurt their feelings? That's a good point you make. Got to treat these guys fairly. That's a good point you make. All right, let's see where we got the Sooners. Uh, let's see. I'm going to the Midwest first. Iowa State's, a five. Iowa State's a five in Spokane. Maybe we're not in Spokane. <laughs> I moved out. Kansas is a two in Omaha. Kansas down to a two. How about that? Purdue's the one in that uh, bracket. Over in the east, UConn the one seed. Texas Tech an eight in Brooklyn. BYU's a five in Salt Lake. Boy, what a nice draw that would be for them, Salt Lake. I would have no qualms whatsoever, TJ. I mean, I, I hope we'll use closer so our fans can go. But if we ended up getting sent to Salt Lake City, that place is great. Well, let's see. I'm looking down here. What else I got? TCU's a 10 seed in Indianapolis. All right, so we're not in the east. Moving to the west. Houston's the one seed in the west in Omaha. Oklahoma, a five seed Ooh. in Memphis. Hmm. I love Memphis. I, I know that's a good, that's a better spot than Spokane for you, but not moving them up. Lunardi. Lunardi's being pretty hard on Oklahoma. Still not buying what Porter Moser's selling. Hmm. They play, and this is interesting because we work with them. OU Drake in the first round. 5 12 matchup. If you can get by the Drake, Creighton, your likely opponent, the four seed in the second. The spread in that game, four dose of keys. (laughs) And if you get by them, then you get Houston again. So let me see what else we got Big 12 wise here. Carolina is the one in the other bracket. Baylor is a four in Spokane, and uh, looks like that is it. Oh, Kansas State's an eleven. They got to do you a play. Have Baylor game. as a four. Come on, get out of here, Lenardi. You think you think oh, your you Tuesday should be ahead of Nuggets Baylor? need to be thought through a little better. You think oh, you should well, be I ahead of Baylor? Well, I think that five and four should be flipped there between the Sooners and Baylor Bears. Yeah, Baylor's fourteen and four. OU's fifteen and three. Uh, same conference record, so. All right, we'll see. Well, hey, hey, Teach, head down, keep going, you know? Head down, keep going. All right, it's time for TJ's Gut. They have gathered around the radios in offices and living rooms all across this great state of Oklahoma and beyond. TJ's on a heater. Last week, he predicted OU by 14 over West Virginia. They won by 14. On Saturday, he predicted OU by... Eight over Cincinnati. They won by four, which is half of eight. He is on fire. Texas in town tonight. TJ, let me remind you of a couple of things. Texas has won five straight games over OU. Texas has won four straight games over OU in Norman. Tonight, OU a four-and-a-half-point favorite. What does TJ's gut say? Is this you talking to your gut? Is it your he was, gut talking he, to He had itself? a couple of questions for me before I did the uh, public speaking for him. Hmm. The streak ends tonight, he says. 
the Texas Longhorns will not win another game in the Lloyd Noble Center. The Oklahoma Sooners, in fact, play a very good, complete game tonight. And this is one of those games towards the end, very comfortable, and we see some guys even get into the game that typically do not play. Perhaps hey, listen, the coach's son about their- is into the game late. Hold wow, on, Bob. Hold Jake- on. Jake Moser? Jake Moser may even get time tonight. It's going to be such a lopsided victory. The Sooners win by double digits. I'm predicting and feeling like a 17-point win tonight for the Oklahoma Sooners. 17? 17 over the Texas Longhorns. The Sooners have a very good night in the LNC tonight. Hang on. I have just uh, received audio from the future. Uh, this is uh, tomorrow, uh, Texas, uh, 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 what is that, website? Bevo Bat? What's the Bevo website down there? Uh, uh, um, this is their report. Orange uh, Bloods? Yeah, orange yeah, Bloods blood tomorrow. Yeah, is there... we, beat the, we beat the ever-loving <laughs> shit for Oklahoma today. We beat the <laughs> out of that team. And we lost. Oh, all right, that's from the future, Teach. Right. So you're predicting OU beats Texas by 17 today. That's right, something like 75, 58, something like that. 75, 58, uh, 17. Is that 17? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's 17. Okay. Wow, man, that'd be a party. That would be a party, and there probably would be some horns down going on. Oh, there'll be horns down going on. I, You know, I don't think so right off the gate because I think people will handle themselves with class, but maybe eventually, TJ, that would get a little loose with their morals. You know what I mean? All right. Well, there you go. TJ's gut predicting an OU blowout tonight. Gracious. You get any more details for us? Sooner Nana will dance the night away. That's my other prediction. All right. So just to recap, 75-58, 17-point victory. Jake Moser plays late. Sooner Nana <laughs> dances the night away. There's your TJ's gut. We'll take a break. Porter Moser joins us live when we come back on game day here on the T-Row in the Morning Show. Stay with us. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Sooners and Longhorns tonight. Oklahoma coming off back-to-back wins, including a road victory Saturday at Cincinnati. And we welcome in now the head coach of the Sooners, Porter Moser. Good morning, Coach. How are you today? Good morning, Toby. You know I'm a huge baseball fan, and I've always wanted to have a walk-up song. So just want to let TG, all you guys back there, understand it doesn't go unappreciated by you two walk-up songs. So I just want to throw that out there right from the jump. So. Appreciate you. Let's go. I love it. The very impressive first pitch uh, last, I think it was last year, sometime recently as well. Yeah. Uh, Coach, when you look back at the Cincinnati win on Saturday, what pulled that one out for you? You know, a handful of things. You know, one, just our grit. You know, just unbelievably tough against a very tough team, a very physically huge team, athletic and old and in in a hostile environment. So just the grit to keep fighting hard. You know, things, basketball ebbs and flows so much. If you don't think there's going to be a lot of hard at this level, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're misconstrued. So I think they fought through hard a number of times. The second thing is we out-rebounded them. You know, I think we've, we've been rebounding, really boxing out, you know. And we always talk about that. It's, it's not the biggest 
dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. And I think we're, we're playing a couple teams the last team that are bigger, but we've boxed out really well. We've got to continue that. And then the biggest thing is the last 18 minutes, we had one turnover. And, like, they, they, they had five times in the last two minutes they were pressing, like, like completely pressing, trying to turn us over. We had no turnovers against the press. And I think that was a big reason as well. It feels like last week in your two wins, your defense really kind of got back to dictating things. You really made it hard on West Virginia and Cincinnati to do what they wanted to do offensively. We were, we were so much more aggressive. You know, we got more deflections. It starts with how active our hands are, some things we're doing on defense, getting into the ball. And I think that we, you know, we only forced, I think, nine turnovers in a two-game span on our back-to-back losses on the road. And we're well over 10 each game last, last time, forcing some turnovers. And then it gets us running. You know, like Jalen Moore, Otega, Rivaldo, Javion, and most, they're so much better in transition. And it gets us running, getting stops. It gets us aggressive. And uh, we got to do that night against Texas. Uh, we've got to get a lot of deflections and aggressiveness into our defense. You know how, ba- back to your baseball analogy, uh, ba- base stealers sometimes will have the green light. Whenever they want to go, they can. They're fast enough. What is your green light policy with JV and McCollum as far as when he can go get his own offense versus when you want him to kind of orchestrate as the point guard? Well, he knows. And we have obviously a lot of actions that we do and things we do. Like in transition, like him most, we, we are really spacing. We're trying to play with pace and space. We don't want to bottle up. Like one little thing for people to watch is when you run to the corners, it flattens out the defense. When you, when you don't run as hard the wings, the defense can stop it like the free throw line extended and clog stuff up. Javion, Lowe's, all of us got in transition. We have our certain things we flow into. And he knows. Like, we have a lot of actions that, um, that he has that freedom to refuse something. Like when I say refuse, refuse a ball screen. Um, and, uh, but he, we have a lot of actions that set up options for him. What do you think about Texas, Coach? Man, they, like, like always, they're so talented. There's a reason why they were picked in the top 10 or 15. I mean, and they're starting to play like that. That win over Baylor was super impressive. Uh, they, they have, um, you know, on paper, the, those two are the best, the best in the backcourt, you know, Max Adams and Tyrese Hunter. Um, both of them are very, very fast. Both of them can really score. Then I think they got one of the hardest matchups in the country at the center. Dylan DeSue, who was playing so well for him last year, um, you know, he can shoot the three. He's, he can shoot the three. He can post up, but he also can drive it from the perimeter. You know, not many centers have those three things in their bag. He does. And so, like, if you, you get out of him on the three, he can drive by a center. Um, just really, really good player. But there's obviously just extremely talented, athletic. They, they try to blow up everything on defense. They're going to try to deny us everywhere. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, 6'8 wing, is on all the draft boards in the top 20 picks. He's so long and athletic, we can have it. But uh, we, we, we've got to be on our game in transition, and we've got to be on our game in the rebounding. When you've got a guy like Asmus that can and will shoot from 30 feet, how much does that change how you try to cover defensively? It just makes you, you – you've got to extend. You've got to extend, you know, on him. And uh, he'll keep going farther and farther back, and it's not like he's – it's not like, oh, he's had two or three good games in a row. He's 15th on the all-time or somewhere around there ever in college basketball scoring. I mean, they had his name up on a graphic with Larry Bird and some of these guys. He's, he, he really has done it for years now. You've got to, you've got to 
no shot he's afraid of. Um, no shot I don't think he thinks he can make. And that's a good, that's a good confident trait of a kid. But we, we've, if he backs you up, backs you up, just you can't have your hands down. You got to make him really work for his points. I mean, he's, he can get you 19 any, any night easily. You just got to make it can't be 19 on like 10 shots, like super efficient. We got to make him really work. Not sure if luxury is the right word, but I can't think of a better one. So what kind of luxury does uh, Jalen Moore give you in that you'll put him out at the top of the press? He can easily and happily guard a guard. He's athletic enough to do that. You can also play him at the five, and you probably will tonight at some point. He can guard a big. He can guard anybody one through five for you on the floor. You know what? A couple things with that. One is – there's a lot of guys that are athletic, but Jalen is the ultimate example of getting your athleticism into the game. You know, some guys are athletes, but they don't run the wing hard. Some guys are athletic, but they don't crash the boards hard. Some guys are in all the things. He gets it into the game. That's what I love about his energy level is that he plays athletic. He's running. He's trying to beat you and win the first three steps in transition. He's crashing the glass. Those are great things. Now, in terms of the luxury in the front of the press, you know we have that culture wall in our, in our locker room. A lot of little sayings on it that mean a lot to us. Mean a lot to us. But but one of his deflections put doubt in the passer's mind. And when he's up there, six seven with his six ten wingspan, he's bouncing around at the top. That that puts some pause sometimes in a press. Now we got to watch for them when teams are being aggressive against it. Um, but like it puts pause because if you, especially if he gets a deflection early, if he gets a deflection early, so. He's he's really plays with tremendous energy. With him, is is always playing within himself. You know, not trying to do too many things that that you know let Lose and Javion be the the main creators off the off the ball screens and all that. He is, but he is absolutely an energizer for us and makes positivity and he makes energy contagious. For those guys on this team, and there's a bunch of them who haven't been through OU Texas yet who maybe aren't as aware of, of the intensity of this rivalry, will there be any words to that effect for them tonight? Yeah, I think some of the guys we were last year talked, to, talked about it. We talked about it as a staff yesterday about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a line. You know, you want, there's a rivalry and there's an importance in the impact of the game, you know, for what it means in the standings and the, in the, in the race. Um, but make no mistake about it. They, they, know, they know the history and how deep this runs. And, uh, and we want to be on the right side of this thing. And uh, we know with the fans, with everybody. So we, there's no unquestion. We talked about it. We had some of the Oklahoma guys talk about it, Sam, you know, that they grew up here, um, talk about it yesterday with the guys. And uh, so, yes, the answer to your question. And, and I, I truly think that it's, it's, uh, it's a dual-minded approach. You just can't put everything into the rivalry, but you, you know it fuels you. But you also just understand that in a 40-minute game, there's going to be a lot of little things that we got to be on top of that go into winning. Finally, Coach, give me the two or three biggest keys for you to win tonight. You know, one, we've got to really be on. I mean, Admus and Dylan uh, DeSue and Hunter, those three can really get it going. I mean, those, those three have been when we've got to have at least two of the three on well below nights, you know, and focus on those things. Too, we've, we've got to get their transition D. Like, and and our, our transition D 
you know, also means transition D off a of turnover. They're going to really try to turn us over. They, 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 they get their athletes into the game with their pressure, their length. We've got to limit our turnovers, and when we do, it just can't be a ton of layups. We've got to win the transition defensive battle. And the same thing for us. We've got to be aggressive and force someone to get some easy baskets in transition. And the rebounding. I mean, our, our last couple of games, we've out-rebounded. You've got to go into this. I mean, we've got to win the battle of the rebounding against Texas. We've got to come in that game after the game and say we out-rebounded Texas. It's going to be a fun atmosphere tonight, Coach. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Uh, Six o'clock, Sooners and Longhorns. Coach, thanks so much for your time. We'll see you at the arena here in a bit. I I hope everyone gets there early. I hope we fill that thing. We got to pack that thing, and uh, I just it, it makes a difference. So all you that are coming, I'll tell you beforehand. I appreciate it. Thank you, Boomer. Thanks, thanks, Coach. There you go, Porter Moser. A couple of things, Teach. Uh, rebounding, he mentioned there. Texas not great in this area this year, plus two. OU has only been out-rebounded twice all season. We've played 18 games now. That's impressive. Uh, and then back to the Jalen Moore thing. So you've noticed, TJ, OU will quite, quite a bit of the time, they'll do this three-quarter press thing mm-hmm. where Jalen is at the top of it. And they don't really trap much. It doesn't really force many turnovers. But it's not really trying to. And I remember early in the season thinking, "What? this isn't working. Like, why aren't, why aren't they trapping out of it? People are just throwing over the top, and they're getting it across the timeline. If they turn you over, great. And they do have a trap out of it where randomly they'll slap it on and try to – but most of the time they're just kind of – Putting Jalen up there, he's jumping up and down. They're trying to make you throw it back and forth a few times and not get into your offense until there's 18 or 19 on the shot clock. If it takes you six, seven, eight seconds to get it over half court, you know, then you're starting your offense and it everybody's got to, you know, some, it's going to take five, six seconds. Before you know it, you're battling the shot clock. Yeah, you've got 10 seconds on the shot clock, and you better be set and ready to go with what you, you're running. You look up, and you got it's in single digits, and mm-hmm. you're like, we just we just started our offense. That's the point of it, to make them eat up some time. Uh, Moore can jump so high, and he's so athletic that he's right. He talked about it gives you pause. When you're the guard in the backcourt, you're like, well, I better be careful with this pass. I'm going to take a little more – uh, caution because I've got to loop it over the top of him or around him or whatever, and we don't turn it over. And all of that adds up to, well, dadgummit, now we haven't even started our offense yet, and already the shot clock's getting away from us. So um, it's really a brilliant move to put him out at the top of it. Now, once they get into the half court, they match up and they go into their man-to-man and all that kind of stuff. But, all right, does that change uh, your – TJ's got it all. Are we still seventeen. No, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely still seventeen points. Locked in. 17. Locked in. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Uh, let's take a break. Craig Way joins us from the other side of the Red River next. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado—we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Well, hang tight, Craig, to the three-point shooters. Inbounded into the front court. They go to Love. Holds up with it. Now down to eight seconds left. Here's Bridges. Shoots a contested three. Good! Five seconds left. Rodney Terry not calling for the timeout. It's inbounded to the Sioux. 
Off to Hunter. Three seconds. Two. Tyrese driving to the hoop. Puts it up. Good! It's good! Ball game! Texas is a winner! Down goes ninth-ranked Baylor. 75-73! Craig Way on the call. Longhorn Radio Network. That was the thrilling finish Saturday in Austin. And we are joined right now by the voice of the Longhorns. Good morning, Craig. Hero, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm good. How are you? The, the blood pressure come down yet? You know, uh, my my uh, one of my brothers lives in uh, North Carolina and asked for he saw the game on television and said, "Hey, do you have your call of that?" And I said, uh, "The producer sent it." He goes, "Can you send it to me?" I sent it to me. And he goes, "Anything left of your spleen <laughs> after that?" So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you, you might say that was venting one spleen. I don't know. I, it, it was a heck of a finish, no question about it. And obviously it was a win. Uh, the Longhorns uh, pretty badly needed given how things had gone the prior two ball games. Yeah. Uh, those don't happen often. I mean, the, the, the walk-off game winner at the buzzer, those are pretty rare. So that's a lot of fun when it does, I know, as uh, as the guy on the microphone there. And – Craig, that it seems like from a distance that was a big and much needed win for the Longhorns on Saturday. Absolutely, Toby. I I think uh, this team has been an interesting mix, uh, kind of like how the Sooners and some other teams have been. Obviously, in this day and age of the portal, there's that, and some younger guys as well. And there are times when they have played incredibly well connected. Uh, and and uh, like the Cincinnati game, and, and their game in Cincinnati was much like what the Sooners game was. Uh, you know, it was just kind of hammer and tong all the way down the stretch, and, and uh, they found a way to win that one. It wasn't a last-second shot, but it was a late one by Max A. Smith, and then Cincinnati missed a three-pointer trying to win it. Um, but then they've had some games where it's been disjointed for them, and uh, certainly – uh, the loss at West Virginia was kind of like that, although obviously we saw what West Virginia did against Kansas. And, and then the, the game against UCF uh, was similar in that uh, they had a 16-point lead and 15-point and lead with 14 and a half minutes to go and just stopped executing a lot of the things. And some of it's just as simple as communication things, and some of it is making shots. In the game against Baylor, uh, they hit 9 of 11 threes in the first half and no threes in the second half. But what kept them together was kind of adjusting to what Baylor was doing. As you know, Scott Drew loves to mix man and zone, and he was doing 1-3-1 one, one, and 2-3 and then back to man. So they, they made enough proper adjustments and they made enough big plays down the stretch, obviously, to give them a chance to win the game. Caught a lot of attention around here when Texas picked up Max Asmus. Uh, obviously, we're, we're well aware in this state of his prowess at Oral Roberts' Well, tell us about the season he has had, and obviously as the leading scorer, he is a, a big-time component for what the Longhorns are wanting to do this year. In a season that has been uh, featured a lot of inconsistency in a lot of areas, he has been the one constant or pretty close to the one constant from day one. For example, obviously, Dylan DeSue had a fabulous uh, down the stretch last year and into the NCAA tournament before he got hurt in the Sweet 16 round and couldn't play in that Elite Eight game. And he had to have off-season foot surgery, and so he missed several games before he came back. So it was that. And then they've had some other guys who've come in. Caden Shedrick, the Virginia transfer, 
uh, had problems with his shoulders, had 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 both labrums replaced, and uh, and then had some back issues. So he's been in and out of the lineup, and they've had other guys that look good at times and not, but but Max has been a model of consistency, not only with his scoring, uh, but how he and Tyrese Hunter have worked together at times because Tyrese has had some real inconsistent outings. Uh, He had a really down game against UCF before, obviously, having the big game last Saturday, including the game winner against Baylor. But Max has been uh, Mr. Consistency all season long. He adjusted well uh, to Rodney Terry's system. He adjusted well to his teammates. They love him. Uh, It's funny that you bring this up because – uh, last night at the hotel, I asked him, I said, I, you know, obviously everybody knows where you played before. I said, did, did you play much down here in a year? And he goes, oh, yeah, we played Oklahoma uh, my, my, my sophomore year. And he goes, and things didn't go that well there, but, but hopefully I learned a few things and, and can carry them forward from here. So he's, he's been a real consistent factor uh, with his shooting, ball handling, and how he has mixed in with his teammates and meshed really well. I feel like he still went for like 40 in that game. I'll go look up the box score, but <laughs> um, I still feel like he was hitting them from half court that night. When, uh, what would you say? Yeah, go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry. No, I was saying that he can shoot. There's no question. Oh, about no that. doubt. Yeah, he's incredible. What would you say is the strength of this Texas team? And then so far this year, the opposite of that, what have they not been good at? I, I think you can almost say it in the same breath. I think it is uh, the ability to be resilient and kind of collect themselves when they have done it. Although the weakness has, there's, there's been a couple of times where they have built leads and then unraveled, like I said. Either they stopped shooting well and haven't adjusted well, uh, and then a team like a UCF, came back and, and beat them. And, and they've had some games where they just flat didn't play well. The, the game against uh, Marquette going up against Shaka up in uh, uh, Milwaukee, they were they were blown out right from the, the outset. They got way down early, made one run, and then that was it. Uh, the, the game against UConn in the Garden, uh, they got down, made a good push, got back within four but couldn't sustain it there. And those were the two biggest challenges they had uh, going in the conference play. And, uh, but it took, it took some gathering of themselves, uh, you know, once they had the inconsistencies because they had uh, a lead against Texas Tech and it kind of, and it drifted away by late first half. And then, and then they were chasing Tech the rest of the evening. And, uh, you know, for them to be able to kind of gather themselves against Cincinnati and against Baylor. Uh, and, and kind of work together. And, and Rodney has always tried to make sure those guys stay on an even keel. He loves to say, don't you know, get too high or too low or anything like that and go at it. And, uh, and that, I think, has kind of helped them a couple of times. They can, there's times when they can really shoot well and then times where, you know, the old uh, saying about not being able to sell your scholarship to make a basket and – uh, they've had that happen in the same game, and I think that happened from three-point range against Baylor. But they continued to play the mid-range game well, and uh, and they caused some uh, turnovers. And they can uh, uh, by the opponent, and they could handle the ball really well. They had uh, you know only seven turnovers against Baylor, so they've done a pretty good job, I think, in taking care of the basketball. Rodney Terry did an amazing job last year uh, in a difficult situation. 
he's received some criticism in the last week for that you know post game situation with UCF. What's the situation for him down there right now? How do you feel like he's handled everything? How are how are Texas fans? What are they thinking about him right now? Well, it's nothing that a win doesn't help. That's for sure. Uh, uh, and and it didn't help what happened at the end of the UCF game. And he made a point after the Baylor game to kind of address that as well. Uh, you know, got got upset at the time, but he uh, he was in an emotional state, obviously, and said and said as much uh, after the Baylor game about that. And said if there's uh, people who are upset about, it, I apologize for that. Uh, kind of caught up in the moment. He's been friends with Johnny Dawkins for a long time, and uh, he and Johnny had. Uh, it swapped messages and said, don't worry about it. It's, it's no big thing. And, you know, you just kind of, you, you learn from it and you move on and you, and you hope that um, you hope that uh, your team uh, learns from, from your own mistakes as a coach, he's even said. And, and then and Toby, you know how that is. If you, if you win, a lot of that stuff is going to wash. Yeah. What was it? John Madden used to say winning is a great deodorant. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and if you, if you win, if you win, it kind of washes some of that way. And the Baylor, the, the winning over Baylor certainly helped uh, the other day because Baylor has kind of had Texas number. They've, they've really struggled against Baylor over the past several years, and a lot of teams have. And uh, Scott Drew's done a great job and won a national title there. But uh, for them to, to get that, to dig one out like that and get a win was important, I think, all the way around, both uh, – uh, obviously, what they needed to do to reverse the trend, what was going on in the Big 12 standings, and then, and then uh, for for the unpleasant stuff that had happened the game before, I think all of that helped. We'll get you out of here on this. Is there one particular area of the game tonight you feel like is the most important for Texas to excel at to win? Well, the, the, the Sooners guards obviously have their attention, and and they're going to have to they're going to have to make sure that they're mindful. Of, of what all of those guys can do, what McCollum can do, what Uzan can do, uh, you know, what all of those guys, what, what OA can do. They're, 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 uh, they're going to have to, you know, play well and try to limit them from getting into really good offensive rhythms where they're shooting the ball well and finding the open guy. And then they're going to have to knock down some shots on the road. We, we know, obviously, the Longers have had some success in Norman in some recent years, and they've been pretty fortunate, too. I mean, they've... They've uh, they've hit they've hit some crazy things that you wouldn't expect to go in and and you don't know how long that luck holds out but I think it's going to take a combination of those things Toby to make a difference tonight. Yeah, those last second game winners don't come along very often, but I would reckon about seventy five percent of the ones you've called in your career have been in Norman, Oklahoma. I feel like Texas has hit some late game daggers here. That, uh, you know the, the 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 vision of Matt Coleman still is in oh, my boy. mind. And then don't bring said, that name up. Uh, sorry. And then somebody brought up the deal. Uh, sent me a thing. I, I think it was like ten. No, when that like six or seven years ago. Remember when Andrew Jones was a freshman yeah. and hit one against the Sooners down in Austin. Yeah, banked it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and and Coleman well. was a banker as well. So that's what I meant by lucky. There's been yeah. some luck involved there too, Toby. It'll be fun. Six o'clock tonight. Craig will be on the call on the Longhorn Radio Network. Craiger, thanks. I'll see you at the arena. You bet, Toby. Great to visit with you. See you, bud. TJ, I'm looking at Texas schedule. Two and three in Big 12 play. This game tonight's huge for them. Obviously, you want to beat Oklahoma, all that stuff. But after this, at BYU, Houston at home, 
at TCU. Their next four games, three of the four on the road, and the only home game is Houston. All ranked teams. They, you know. Oh, no, no. TCU still uh, ranked? TCU barely fell out that's of the right, That's right. They, I mean, they're staring down the barrel of two and seven if this thing goes the wrong way. I hate that for such a classy program. You win, though, in Norman tonight. Suddenly that trip to BYU looks manageable. You're rolling when Houston comes. You know what I mean? Like this. Don't let them put a, on the deodorant. They're in a slippery slope of the season right now. This next two weeks for Texas may decide if they're going to make a run at the NCAA tournament or they're going to be buried at the bottom of the conference somewhere. We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. It's time for the crossover brought to you by Ortho Central Hand Center. The Ortho uh, Central Hand Center offers cutting-edge treatment and expert care. Visit orthocentralok.com. And now with the crossover, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Yeah, the voice you. of softball, Chris Plank. And the voice of nothing, T.J. Perry. You know, that's a great thing that they do over there at Ortho Central. You know what we should all do for them right now? We should give them give a them hand. Give them a hand. Uh, good day, Toby Rowland. How are we doing, Chris? Good. I'm good. I'm still uh, – I, I told T.J. I had that moment this morning where the roads had cleared up a bit. We – I live. I told you guys I live in an in an area where there's a hill. Uh, I tried to get out, go up that oh, hill. Oh, you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I went sliding backwards, man. It oh, was uh, if someone had a camera on that, we'd be rich today. Especially to see the panic, because then I was very excited because it thawed out this morning, and I was ready to come into studio, and that's when I realized my car had died. So I'm still one more day in the Goldsby Washington studios. So. Yeah, uh, your car time. okay? What do we what do we need to jump or is it worse than that? I believe it is dead, Toby. I believe it is passed the on. Car is um, dead. R.I.P. The 2011 Ford Edge. It had one heck of a run, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand miles. Not bad, Ryan. I think that's pretty much standard. So, uh, I, of course, I was going to drive it to the wheels fell off because it was paid. TJ, off how about was, give the Ford Edge a hand, guys? Great, great effort. Yeah, two hundred and fifty thousand miles on a Ford Edge. I think that should that's be in a impressive. Ford commercial. It was right on the edge <laughs> the whole way. But let's 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 get to the most important thing. Okay, Deem, I know you Texas is tonight. I get it. Did you watch American Nightmare? No, not yet. No. Oh, okay. I Never I've mind. seen it twice now, Chris. Maybe we can really? talk about it later. All the way through? Aren't there how many episodes? I finished it yesterday, and then Katie was home more earlier than normal, and she started watching it, so I sat there and watched it again while she watched it. So so this I is a talker, watch- huh? There's stuff to talk about after I watch it. There's this. stuff to talk oh, about, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I so apologize. Much. I'll get after it. So much. I even t- – I'm hurt. I haven't texted you yesterday. I was like, you got to see it. Um, yeah. I would yeah. watch it. I would come over and watch it with you just to watch your face while you watched some of the twists and turns. Because that's probably what you were doing, right, TJ? When you know what's coming and the other person doesn't. I was sitting in my recliner watching her on the couch, and I'd watch with the side of my eye like, all right, I'm waiting on this part. (laughs) And then there were a couple, even when it involved police, she's like, what are they doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. My apologies. I started watching another series yesterday with my wife, and uh, yeah. I, I didn't do it. We, we, we started watching Death and Other Details. It's the Mandy Patinkin like mystery murder show that came out on Hulu. It's okay. uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. But I, I need to get back. I need to watch the thing. You guys have me intrigued. But, but what was Jenny's response to it? Did she like it or not? Because she's watched it, right? She said, I think she said it's pretty crazy. She hasn't like, she hasn't been all over me like you've got to watch this or anything like that. But okay. I think she, she said it was pretty crazy. I believe so. Um. But I'm intrigued. She said she would watch it with me. She thought it was good enough. I'd watch it with you again. So, uh, yeah, I just I need to dedicate myself a little more. I, I would also add that I don't have many shows that I watch very often. Um, so I might there might be a little bit of I actually really liked this one, and everyone else is like, bro, it's just like every other show that's on Netflix. But there, <laughs> you know that. You know our favorite thing in the ESPN 30 for 30s is the empty chair, right? When you have the oh, empty yeah. chair. Yeah. Big um, room, empty chair, you hear footsteps, you can't wait to see who's going to sit down and then you're like, <gasps> "Yeah." I I think that they missed a fabulous moment for that in this. It when I got done, I was like, "Well, they kind of spoiled that when teasing an episode where if you have the empty chair and that person sits down, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh." So I, mm. I I know tonight it's probably not going to happen because of the excitement of what's going on with this. You can't miss an opportunity at a good empty chair. Uh, that's a blown opportunity there. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. The guy that you thought was dead sits down in the empty chair, and you're like, what? That what? thing. Yeah. What? Oh, man. All right. I'll get after it. I'll get after it. Chris, have the greatest <laughs> show you've ever had today. Toby, have the best call you've ever had tonight, man. Thanks, Can't wait buddy. to watch and listen. Thank you very much. 5.30 pregame tonight, 6 o'clock tip. Teach, I hope to see you there tonight. Probably won't, but I hope for it anyway. OU Texas tonight. Wear white. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.